M.R. Brainerd's remains, consisting of letters and other papers letters to his friends. Advertisement M.R. Brainerd had a large acquaintance and correspondence, especially in the latter part of his life, and he did much at writing letters to his absent friends. But the most of his acquaintance living at a great distance from me, I have not been able to obtain copies of many that he wrote however, the greater part of those which I have seen, are such as appear to me a profitable tendency, and worthy of the public view I have therefore here added a few of his letters. N.B. Several of these which follow, are not published at large, because some parts of them were concerning particular affairs of a private nature. Letter 1 to his brother John, then a student at Yale College, New Haven. Dear Brother Conomique, April 30, 1743. I should tell you, I long to see you, but that my own experience has taught me, there is no happiness, and plenary satisfaction to be enjoyed, in earthly friends, though ever so near and dear, or in any enjoyment, that is not God himself. Therefore, if the God of all grace would be pleased graciously to afford us each his presence and grace, that we may perform the work, and endure the trials he calls us to, in a most distressing tiresome wilderness, till we arrive at our journey's end. The local distance, at which we are held from each other at the present, is a matter of no great moment or importance to either of us. But, alas! The presence of God is what I want. I live in the most lonely melancholy desert, about eighteen miles from Albany. For it was not thought best that I should go to Delaware River, as I believe I hinted to you in a letter from New York. I board with a poor Scotchman his wife can talk scarce any English. My diet consists mostly of hasty pudding, boiled corn, and bread baked in the ashes, and sometimes a little meat and butter. My lodging is a little heap of straw, laid upon some boards, a little way from the ground. For it is a log room, without any floor, that I lodge in. My work is exceeding hard and difficult. I travel on foot a mile and a half, the worst of ways, almost daily and back again. For I live so far from my Indians. I have not seen an English person this month. These and many other circumstances as uncomfortable attend me. And yet my spiritual conflicts and distresses so far exceed all these, that I scarce think of them, or hardly mind but that I am entertained in the most sumptuous manner. The Lord grant that I may learn to endure hardness, as a good soldier of Jesus Christ. As to my success here I cannot say much as yet the Indians seem generally kind, and well disposed towards me, and are mostly very attentive to my instructions, and seem willing to be taught further. Two or three, I hope, are under some convictions but there seems to be little of the special workings of the Divine Spirit among them yet. Which gives me many a heart-sinking hour. Sometimes I hope, God has abundant blessings in store for them and me. But at other times, I am so overwhelmed with distress that I cannot see how his dealings with me are consistent with covenant love and faithfulness. And I say, surely his tender mercies are clean gone forever. But however, I see, I needed all this chastisement already it is good for me that I have endured these trials, and hath hitherto little or no apparent success. Do not be discouraged by my distresses. I was under great distress, at Mr. Pomeroy's, when I saw you last. But God has been with me of a truth, since that he helped me sometimes sweetly at Long Island, and elsewhere. But let us always remember, that we must through much tribulation enter into God's eternal kingdom of rest and peace. 
the righteous are scarcely saved it is an infinite wonder, that we have well-grounded hopes of being saved at all. For my part, I feel the most vile of any creature living. And I am sure sometimes, there is not such another existing on this side hell. Now all you can do for me, is, to pray incessantly, that God would make me humble, holy, resigned, and heavenly minded, by all my trials. Be strong in the Lord, and in the power of his might. Let us run, wrestle, and fight that we may win the prize, and obtain that complete happiness, to be holy, as God is holy. So wishing and praying that you may advance in learning and grace, and be fit for special service for God, I remain your affectionate brother, David Brainerd. Letter 2 to his brother John, at Yale College, New Haven. Dear Brother Konamik, December 27, 1743. I long to see you, and know how you fare in your journey through a world of inexpressible sorrow, where we are compassed about with vanity, confusion, and vexation of spirit. I am more weary of life, I think, than ever I was. The whole world appears to me like a huge vacuum, a vast empty space, whence nothing desirable, or at least satisfactory, can possibly be derived. And I long daily to die more and more to it. Even though I obtain not that comfort from spiritual things which I earnestly desire. Worldly pleasures, such as flow from greatness, riches, honors, and sensual gratifications, are infinitely worse than none. May the Lord deliver us more and more from these vanities. I have spent most of the fall and winter hitherto in a weak state of body. And sometimes under pressing inward trials, and spiritual conflicts but having obtained help from God, I continue to this day. And am now something better in health than I was some time ago. I find nothing more conducive to a life of Christianity, than a diligent, industrious, and faithful improvement of precious time. Let us then faithfully perform that business, which is allotted to us by divine providence, to the utmost of our bodily strength and mental vigor. Why should we sink, and grow discouraged, with any particular trials and perplexities we are called to encounter in the world? Death and eternity are just before us. A few tossing billows more will waft us into the world of spirits, and we hope, through infinite grace, into endless pleasures, and uninterrupted rest and peace. Let us then run with patience the race set before us, Hebrews 12 1, 2. And oh that we could depend more upon the living God, and less upon our own wisdom and strength. Dear brother, may the God of all grace comfort your heart, and succeed your studies, and make you an instrument of good to his people in your day. This is the constant prayer of your affectionate brother, David Brainerd. Letter 3 to his brother Israel, at Haddam. Dear brother Konamik, January 21, 1743-4 There is but one thing that deserves our highest care and most ardent desires. And that is, that we may answer the great end for which we were made, namely to glorify that God, who has given us our beings and all our comforts, and do all the good we possibly can to our fellow men, while we live in the world and verily life is not worth the having, if it be not improved for this noble end and purpose. Yet, alas! How little is this thought of among mankind? Most men seem to live to themselves, without much regard to the glory of God, or the good of their fellow creatures. They earnestly desire and eagerly pursue after the riches, the honors, and the pleasures of life, as if they really supposed, that wealth, or greatness, or merriment, could make their immortal souls happy. But, alas, 
What false and delusive dreams are these? And how miserable will those ere long be, who are not awaked out of them, to see, that all their happiness consists in living to God, and becoming holy, as He is holy. Oh, may you never fall into the tempers and vanities, the sensuality and folly, of the present world. You are, by divine providence, left as it were alone in a wide world, to act for yourself be sure then to remember, it is a world of temptation. You have no earthly parents to be the means of forming your youth to piety and virtue, by their pious examples, and seasonable counsels. Let this then excite you with greater diligence and fervency to look up to the Father of mercies for grace and assistance against all the vanities of the world. And if you would glorify God, or answer His just expectations from you, and make your own soul happy in this and the coming world, observe these few directions. Though not from a father, yet from a brother who is touched with a tender concern for your present and future happiness. And, first, resolve upon, and daily endeavor to practice this, a life of seriousness and strict sobriety. The wise man will tell you the great advantage of such a life, Ecclesiastes 7.3. Think of the life of Christ. And when you can find that he was pleased with jesting and vain merriment, then you may indulge it in yourself. Again, be careful to make a good improvement of precious time. When you cease from labor, fill up your time in reading, meditation, and prayer and while your hands are laboring, let your heart be employed, as much as possible, in divine thoughts. Further, take heed that you faithfully perform the business you have to do in the world. From a regard to the commands of God. And not from an ambitious desire of being esteemed better than others. We should always look upon ourselves as God's servants, placed in God's world, to do His work. And accordingly labor faithfully for Him. Not with a design to grow rich and great, but to glorify God, and do all the good we possibly can. Again, never expect any satisfaction or happiness from the world. If you hope for happiness in the world, hope for it from God, and not from the world. Do not think you shall be more happy if you live to such or such a state of life, if you live to be for yourself, to be settled in the world, or if you should gain an estate in it but look upon it that you shall then be happy when you can be constantly employed for God, and not for yourself. And desire to live in this world, only to do and suffer what God allots to you. When you can be of the spirit and temper of angels who are willing to come down into this lower world to perform what God commands them, though their desires are heavenly, and not in the least set on earthly things, then you will be at that temper that you ought to have, Colossians 3 2. Once more, never think that you can live to God by your own power or strength. But always look to and rely on Him for assistance, yea, for all strength and grace. There is no greater truth than this, that we can do nothing of ourselves, John 15 5 and 2 Corinthians 3 5. Yet nothing but our own experience can effectually teach it us. Indeed we are a long time in learning, that all our strength and salvation is in God. This is a life that I think no unconverted man can possibly live. And yet it is a life that every godly soul is pressing after in some good measure. Let it then be your great concern, thus to devote yourself and your all to God. I long to see you, that I may say much more to you than I now can for your benefit and welfare. But I desire to commit you to, and leave you with, the Father of mercies, and God of all grace. Praying that you may be directed safely through an evil world to God's heavenly kingdom.
I am your affectionate loving brother, David Brainerd. Letter 4 to a special friend. The Forks of Delaware, July 31, 1744. Certainly the greatest, the noblest pleasure of intelligent creatures must result from their acquaintance with the blessed God, and with their own rational and immortal souls. And oh how divinely sweet and entertaining is it to look into our own souls, when we can find all our powers and passions united and engaged in pursuit after God, our whole souls longing and passionately breathing after a conformity to Him, and the full enjoyment of Him. Verily there are no hours pass away with so much divine pleasure, as those that are spent in communing with God and our own hearts. Oh how sweet is a spirit of devotion, a spirit of seriousness and divine solemnity, a spirit of gospel simplicity, love, and tenderness. Oh how desirable, and how profitable to the Christian life, is a spirit of holy watchfulness and godly jealousy over ourselves. When our souls are afraid of nothing so much as that we shall grieve and offend the blessed God, whom at such times we apprehend, or at least hope, to be a father and friend, whom we then love and long to please, rather than to be happy ourselves, or at least we delight to derive our happiness from pleasing and glorifying Him. Surely this is a pious temper, worthy of the highest ambition and closest pursuit of intelligent creatures and holy Christians. Oh how vastly superior is the pleasure, peace, and satisfaction derived from these divine frames, to that which we, alas, sometimes pursue in things impertinent and trifling. Our own bitter experience teaches us, that in the midst of such laughter the heart is sorrowful, and there is no true satisfaction but in God. But, alas, how shall we obtain and retain this sweet spirit of religion and devotion? Let us follow the Apostle's direction. Philippians 2.12 And labor upon the encouragement he there mentions, verse 13 For it is God only can afford us this favor. And he will be sought to, and it is fit we should wait upon him, for so rich a mercy. Oh, may the God of all grace afford us the grace and influences of his divine spirit. And help us that we may from our hearts esteem it our greatest liberty and happiness, that whether we live, we may live to the Lord, or whether we die, we may die to the Lord that in life and death we may be his. I am in a very poor state of health. I think scarce ever poorer but through divine goodness I am not discontented under my weakness and confinement to this wilderness. I bless God for this retirement I never was more thankful for anything than I have been of late for the necessity I am under of self-denial in many respects. I love to be a pilgrim and stranger in this wilderness it seems most fit for such a poor ignorant, worthless, despised creature as one I would not change my present mission for any other business in the whole world. I may tell you freely, without vanity and ostentation, God has of late given me great freedom and fervency in prayer, when I have been so weak and feeble that my nature seemed as if it would speedily dissolve. I feel as if my all was lost, and I was undone for this world, if the poor heathen may not be converted. I feel, in general, different from what I did when I saw you last. At least more crucified to all the enjoyments of life. It would be very refreshing to me to see you here in this desert. Especially in my weak disconsolate hours but I think I could be content never to see you or any of my friends again in this world, if God would bless my labors here to the conversion of the poor Indians. I have much that I could willingly communicate to you, which I must omit, till Providence gives us leave to see each other. In the meantime, I rest your obliged friend and servant, 
David Brainerd, letter 5 to a special friend, a minister of the gospel in New Jersey. The Forks of Delaware, December 24, 1744. Rev and dear brother, I have little to say to you about spiritual joys, and those blessed refreshments and divine consolations, with which I have been much favored in times past. But this I can tell you, that if I gain experience in no other point, yet I am sure I do in this. Namely that the present world has nothing in it to satisfy an immortal soul and hence, that it is not to be desired for itself, but only because God may be seen and served in it. And I wish I could be more patient and willing to live in it for this end, than I can usually find myself to be. It is no virtue I know to desire death, only to be freed from the miseries of life but I want that divine hope which you observed when I saw you last, was the very sinews of idle religion. Earth can do us no good. And if there be no hope of our doing good on earth, how can we desire to live in it? And yet we ought to desire, or at least to be resigned, to tarry in it. Because it is the will of our all-wise sovereign. But perhaps these thoughts will appear melancholy and gloomy, and consequently will be very undesirable to you. And therefore I forbear to add. I wish you may not read them in the same circumstances in which I write them. I have a little more to do and suffer in a dark disconsolate world. And then I hope to be as happy as you are. I should ask you to pray for me were I worth your concern. May the Lord enable us both to endure hardness as good soldiers of Jesus Christ. And may we obtain mercy of God to be faithful to the death, in the discharge of our respective trusts. I am your very unworthy brother, and humble servant, David Brainerd. Stillwater's Revival Books is now located at PuritanDownloads.com. It's your worldwide online Reformation home for the very best in free and discounted classic and contemporary Puritan and Reformed books, MP3s, and videos. For much more information on the Puritans and Reformers, including the best free and discounted classic and contemporary books, MP3s, digital downloads, and videos, please visit Stillwater's Revival Books at PuritanDownloads.com. Stillwater's Revival Books also publishes the Puritan Hard Drive, the most powerful and practical Christian study tool ever produced. All thanks and glory be to the mercy, grace, and love of the Lord Jesus Christ for this remarkable and wonderful new Christian study tool. The Puritan Hard Drive contains over 12,500 of the best Reformation books, MP3s and videos ever gathered onto one portable Christian study tool. An extraordinary collection of Puritan, Protestant, Calvinistic, Presbyterian, Covenanter, and Reformed Baptist resources. It's fully upgradable and it's small enough to fit in your pocket. The Puritan hard drive combines an embedded database containing many millions of records with the most amazing and extraordinary custom Christian search and research software ever created. The Puritan hard drive has been produced to assist you in the fascinating and exhilarating spiritual, intellectual, familial, ecclesiastical, and societal adventure that is living the Christian life. It has been specifically designed so that you might more faithfully know serve and love the Lord Jesus Christ, as well as to help you to do all you can to bring glory to His great name. If you want to love God with all your heart, soul, strength, and mind, then the Puritan hard drive is for you. Visit PuritanDownloads.com today for much more information on the Puritan hard drive and to take advantage of all the free and discounted Reformation and Puritan books, 
MP3s and videos that we offer at Stillwater's Revival Books.